You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 13, 13. We're talking about how there's three. And remember, the Bible talks about these three. We've talked about um, faith. We've talked about having a living faith. We, hope. We talk about how our hope lives because Jesus lives. And we've been talking about love, which is a love illusion. And so we've been talking about those things. Are you all ready to hook up this morning? You all believe in God today? You didn't just come put in your time, right? You come to get something. Amen. I said you come to get something. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the teacher. The Holy Ghost, and he lives in you, and he wants to show you something. He wants to reveal something. Even if you've heard something before, there's fresh revelation because the Lord told me to do this, and so there's something for you in it. Amen? Are you ready to have a love illusion? What the world needs now is Jesus' love, agape, sweet love. Amen? And so we, we've talked about, when we talk about love illusion, we've talked about, first of all, uh, that God's love to us. Are you grateful that he loved you? He loved you so much that he did what? He gave us Jesus. Are you grateful for Jesus this morning? And so we talked about that love to us, that love in us. How many know the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost? So the love he asks you to walk in, it's not your love. It's not human love. It's agape, the God kind of love. You can't do that on your own. And in this season, I'm not just talking about Christmas season. I'm talking about the craziness of the world and everything going on. Agape, because the Bible says this, God is love. No, God is love. It didn't say God is faith. It didn't say God is power. It says God is love. And so every, that's why it's the greatest of these. Because that's what God is. Now you receive from God through faith. Don't want to ever discount it. Thank God it's by, by faith through grace. That grace and faith working together that we receive from God. And, and, and so we're living by faith and we're receiving from God. And our hope, our joyful, confident expectation. And these three work together. But the greatest of these, the Bible, when it says something like that, when the word says something like that, you need to do, understand what it means. So the love is the greatest of these. And the Bible says, make this your great quest. Make it your aim in life that you receive the love of God, walk in the love of God, share forth the love of God, because it's that important. And so thank God for his love to us, but that love needs to go through us. And then I want you to see something. We're going to look at something on the other side of it. Because I just don't know as a whole if the body of Christ understands that because God loves us, that we are supposed to in kind give that love back to him. And what does it look like? You know, I've had a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of things, uh, and just some things that I've seen and hear people say, I wonder, do they really know how to love God? I, I've seen a lot of people say, well, I love the Lord, but they don't act like it. There's no reason for me to look in their life and say, man, that person is, they love God. I can't, Right now, because see, love is attractive. Come on, would you rather hang around a mean old surly person or someone who's just full of love and kindness? The Bible says it's even the goodness or the kindness of God that led you and I to repentance. 
So it's his goodness. It's his love. And who is he wanting to show that love through? Well, you and I. And so we need to make sure that we receive. Aren't you glad God's love is everlasting? How many of you know God's love is not performance-based? He loves you. And I know I say this every time, but I'm going to keep saying it because I need you to get it. God loves you as much today as he did when you were a dirty, rotten sinner. Well, no, he loves me more today because I'm doing right. No, you don't understand the love of God. Love is, God's love is not, that's human love. Don't mess, don't try to make God's love human love. God's love is agape. It's one of a kind. And it's an everlasting love. It's an eternal love. It's not performance-based. Now, if you love someone, you're not going to, you're going to do what they want you to do. But you see, on God's side, he loves you as much as he's ever loved you. Now, I believe this, he can be more pleased with you. Now, do you want to please him? Now, that's the difference. Because God can be displeased with you. The same God that was angry in the Old Testament, I believe you can, can I say this word? You can hack him off today. You can irritate him. He can get irritated. Maybe you've never had him irritated with you. I've had him irritated with me. Would you admit that? I just did. But I don't want him to be irritated with me because I love him. And if I love somebody, I don't want to disappoint them. So, but you've got to understand, it's not, God's love to you is not performance-based, but once you receive the love of God, you're going to act different. You're going to talk different. You're going to be different. Y'all here this morning? Let's look at Matthew 22. I ask you that sometimes. I know you're thinking. I know you're thinking. Because see, religion just says God loves you anyway. And yes, he loves you, but if he really loves you, he don't want you to stay the way you are. You know, all these people say, well, God made me this way. Well, God didn't make nothing imperfect. God didn't make anyone to sin either. I said, God didn't make anyone to sin. I don't care what way you're born, you're not born again that way. Once you get born again, everything changes. I said, once you get born again, everything ought to change. Praise the Lord. All right, Matthew 22. Let's look at this. We mentioned it, I think, last time I ministered, Matthew 22, verse 37. Right up above that, there was a lawyer. I don't want the lawyers to get a bad name, but in verse 35 it says, one of the lawyers asked him a question, tempting him. So this one was a bad one. And saying, Master, called him by the right name, what is the greatest commandment of the law? What was he trying to do? He, he, he's trying to back him into a corner. He was trying to do some things. And Jesus said unto him, verse 37, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. In Mark's gospel, it says with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. So with all your, how are you supposed to love God? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And the second is likened unto it. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. Of these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is not my notes, but I'm going to look at it anyway. Let's look at Mark chapter 12. Let's just look at that account. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. 
And you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like unto it, and it's namely this, you'll love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no other commandment greater than these. And then in uh, Luke's gospel, you see a little follow-up to it. The dude asked, well, who is my neighbor? Because he wanted to get out of it. Because really in our flesh, we don't understand how is it I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself? How, and so we talked a little bit about that, but I want to concentrate on the first part because this is what I've learned. If you receive the love of God, and that's where you got to start because God is the one who initiates it, then you and I, how do I know that I'm really loving God? How do I know? Um, I'll just throw this in. Uh, we, Pastor Ron and I do a lot of premarital counseling, which we love to do. and We've done some marital counseling. Um, but one of the things we talk about, and it, it's a, a man-made thing, but it's called love language. And that goes through all the different kind of love languages. One of the things we have figured out is that the reason that some couples don't seem to get along is because their love languages are different and they miss one another. In other words, uh, one person shows love by giving and another person shows love by saying nice words. Another person shows love by holding hands. Another person shows love by, I just want to spend all my time with you and, and so on. So there's five of them. And what we have found is someone who who wants to, uh, who shows love, that's how they also receive love. And so if I receive love, uh, I, I show my love by trying to give you a gift all the time. But if, you know, you, on the other hand, I'm trying to give you a gift all the time. I'm trying to get you diamonds. I'm trying to get you your favorite candy bar. I'm trying to get you your favorite car. I'm, try, I'm, trying, I'm trying to buy you clothes. And, and the other person is like, I don't, and they get mad almost, is you can't buy my love. Why don't you just talk nice to me? Because that's how they receive. And then the other person who is a, 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 a giver of wonderful things, they give cards. And they, they, they spend an hour at Hallmark trying to get the right card. And, and then the other person reads it, and they read it, and then they throw it in the trash. I did that once. One time. One time. Now I keep them. <laughs> They're precious. I can tell you what my wife's love language is. It's words. But we had to learn, and you've got to learn in order to. So I have to change and know that I'm going to make. Why, Lord, I don't want to talk about that. Pastor Rhonda's love language is, is words. And so every letter I've ever written her, she has in a special box. And because there's not a lot of them. Jesus, help me. But you know what? I threw away the first one. I keep them because it's important to her. But, you know, my love language, depending on what season it is, mine changes a lot. It really does. So she's got to keep on her toes. What blessed me yesterday may not bless me today. Pray for her. But I said all that to say this. God tells you what his love language is. Don't try to give him something else. Well, I love the Lord. Well, I can show you how to love him the way he wants to be loved. And maybe you've never seen it like this. But if I can show you how to love him. So when people say to me, I love the Lord, and I look at their life, and I'm like, mm, probably not. You respect the Lord. You may be born again, but you don't love him. 
Y'all good? Do you want to love him? See, if you're married, it's in your best interest to find out someone's love language So, because you do love them or you wouldn't be in it. But if they're not receiving what you're offering, you have to change. Well, well, they need to change. No, you need to change. Well, it's their problem. No, it's your problem. And so you got to find out what they need and you got to get it to them. And if you want to show God you love him, y'all with me? Y'all with me? Deuteronomy 6, 5. And it says, and you'll love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. John 13, John 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also may love one another. By this, all men shall know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. We talked about that. Now I want to talk about it. I want to break it down a little bit. So if, how am I supposed to love God? Number one, I'm supposed to love him with all of my heart. Your heart there, that word heart, uh, in, in all translations is the word cardia. If you've been coming to church here a while, you know the word cardia. Cardia is the heart. It's the center of you, like the center of a watermelon or on a wooden bat. It's the heart of the wooden bat where you hit home runs from. So that heart is the cardia. It's the center of you. It's the same place that uh, whatsoever things you desire, you know, where you believe in your heart Mark 11, 23 and 24, that you'll not doubt in your heart, doubt in your cardia. It's the center of you. It, it, it's, it's the container uh, of where, you, where your faith comes from. It's where you, it's your spirit, man. It's where, it's where you operate from, to believe from. It's, it's, that's what God, remember when he said, they honor me with their lips, but their cardia is far from me. God's not, he is interested in the words that come out of your mouth, but the first thing he's interested in is your cardia. He's interested in your soil that's where he wants you to love him from. And if you don't start there, then everything else is really, it's religion. It's pretend. It doesn't bless him. It's emotion. It's religion. But when you love him from your heart, from your being, from the centermost part of you, what does that do? From your heart, then from your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Your, your soul with your mind. So if I'm going to love him from my heart, go back up. I'm going to do this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1-2. If you be risen with Christ, how many of y'all born again? Seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections. In other words, I'm going to set my heart. I'm going to set all of who I am. I'm going to set it on him. Verse 2, if I, I'm going to set my affections on things above. So my heart is on things above. Yes, I live here on the earth. Yes, things are important to me here on the earth. Yes, things are important to me about, uh, you know, everything that involves our life, about work and the kids. And yes, even, I hate to say it, even government and pot. I get it. It's all important. But none of it is more important than God. Everything I do concerning all else runs through him. He's my number one. He's my number one. I live for an audience of one. I run everything through him. I do everything for him, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm a preacher, but because I love him. Because he loved me first. And I'm going to find out what he wants my love back to him to look like. 
In other words, nothing else matters unless, number one, my heart, my affection is set on him. Number two, i got to love him with all my soul. And that word soul, this is an interesting definition. Moment by moment, my whole life. That word soul there that's translated soul is like living moment by moment my whole life. In other words, I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to give him my entire life. I'm going to give him my soul. I'm going to give him my emotion. But it starts with the heart. you got to start with the heart. See, that's listed first on purpose because if I just try to give him my soul and my heart is disconnected from it, my cardio is, it's just religion. It's just emotion. I can, I can have the Holy Ghost things and see the Holy Ghost things on Sunday, but, 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 but when it comes to the rest of the work week, I just act like everybody else. On Saturday night, I, I go hang out with what everybody else in the world is doing, and on Sunday morning, I give him my emotion because I've been religiously trained and taught to say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, pop the clutch, and woo! But it doesn't matter on Monday and I just go back to living like everybody else. That is not loving God. That's respecting God, which you need. But respecting God without, he never meant for this to be a religious organization. He meant for you to be in the family. He's a dad, he's Abba. He's bound to his covenant, and you can even work his covenant. But and he can give you things, and just like parents have even given their children things. But the thing a parent wants most of all is love. I want you to understand everything I did for you because I love you. And one of the best things a child uh, could ever give back a parent is just love. And that's what he wants from us, with all your soul, with all your strength. With all your strength. What, so what does that mean if I love God with all my strength? I'm going to show it by my actions. I'm going to show it by my actions. How am I going to show love? Well, I'm going to love God, but I'm also going to love people. I'm going to take care of people. I'm going to do good for people. I'm going to be there for people. I'm going to rest- I mean, you want to see the love of God? I'm going to restore people. People have fallen down. I'm going to pick them back up. I'm going to dust them off and try to get them going the same direction I'm going. I'm going to, because God, his love restores. So I'm going to restore people. I'm going to do it with, I'm going to do, I'm going to love him with all my heart. I'm going to love him with all my soul. I'm going to love him with all my strength. And I'm going to love him with all my mind. How do I love the Lord with my mind? Well, I'm going to renew it. I'm going to start thinking, come on, I know your moms and dads don't maybe not like this summer stuff, but, you know, we talk about sometimes how um, uh, people can tell what you do at home by what your children do in public. Because it's a learned thing. Praise the Lord. Everybody smile. Hallelujah. But in the same way, it's a learned thing. The more time you spend in the presence of God, the more time you spend loving him, the more time you spend renewing your mind, you'll begin to think like him. That makes him happy. That's loving him. My children think like I do. Remember what he said in the third John? It brings me no greater joy than my children walk in truth. Come on, he gets, he gets a flat kick out of it when you and I as little toddlers start to act like him, start to talk like him, want to be like him. See, religion tells you you can't, but a relationship tells you you can. 
Because he's Abba, he's God, he's the Father. So how are you and I supposed to love God? Number one, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. Now I want to get into this just real quick. I want you to turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter number 14, or look up on the screen, or get it up on your iPhone or whatever. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said this, if you love me, if you love, everybody finish what he said. If you love me, you're going to do what? What, what you going to do? Everybody say keep. What does it mean to keep? It means to do. What are his commandments? Well, the big ten. Well, no, he said if you'll, y- yes, if you do the law of love, the Bible says you'll fulfill all those. Right? You'll, that's, why, that's why the first and second are, are the greatest. If you, if you walk in the law of love, the Bible says all the law and the prophets hang on these. And so if you and I don't walk in love, then the law and the prophets fall on the floor. Like a, like a shower curtain, I told you. Remember? If, it, if it's not, love, your, love the Lord God with all your heart and strength, soul and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. That, that is it. That's like your rod on the shower curtain. If you let one of them drop, what happens? The other, it falls on the floor. If you don't love your neighbor, what happens? It falls on the floor. In other words, you can't fully walk in all that God has for you. That's why love is the greatest of these. I'm, ugh. My heart aches for the body of Christ right now as I watch ministers and people get people out of love. It is a tactic of the devil. He knows the word of God. If what you listen to you to irritates, aggravates, makes you want to fight, you are listening to the wrong thing. The fight you have is the fight of faith. Well, Pastor Mark, you, you're just like one of those preachers. You just think we ought to be doormats and let everybody walk. I do not, you don't know me very well. I am not a doormat. No one's going to ding-dong walk across me. But I'm not going to fight like you fight if you fight in the natural. I know how to fight. I have a name that's above every name. You mess with me, you mess with that name. I have authority. Not only in my life and in my family, but I have authority in this church. God's given me authority in this region. You need to walk in. So I'm not talking about laying down. Oh, there's no lay down in me. There ought to not be any lay down in you. But anything that gets you out of love, when you look at someone, if it irritates you, aggravates you, you've listened to the wrong people. Because no matter if you agree with someone or disagree with, the love of God ought to boil up. The the mercy of God ought to boil up. You ought to want to pray for them sincerely. Not like, well, I just pray for them in Jesus' name. You know, Lord, fix them because you told me to. No, a real love for people. Aren't you glad God so loved you that he sent people to track you down? That he puts you in the right place. Come on. Hallelujah. All right. If you love me, what are you going to do? Everybody say keep. Come on. I'm a keeper of the commandments of God, right? Amen. And then you see this in verse 21. You just keep saying it. Come on. When Jesus says something once, you ought to listen. But when he gives you a verily, verily, or he keeps repeating himself, 
while he's talking, then you and I ought to get this. Number 21 says, he that has my commandments and keeps them is he that loves me. So just say it in a different way. This is how I know you love me. This is how, come on. If you want to hit God's love language, what do you got to do? I got to love him with all my heart. I got to love him with all my soul. I got to love him with all my strength. I got to love him with all my mind. But then I've got to do what? If I really love him, I'm going to keep his word. If I really love him, I'm going to keep, come on. There's nothing wrong with asking yourself, do I, have I lately been acting like that I really love him? Can people around me tell that I really love God? All right. He that has my commandments and keeps him is he that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of the Father. And I will love him. And I love this part. And I'm going to manifest myself to him. One of the greatest ways that you get the manifestation of God, not only in a church service, but in your life, is if you're a person of love. I know people talk about my spiritual father all the time, Kenneth Hagin, the great apostle of faith. But everyone I knew who was really close to him said this. They were most impressed with his love walk. They were most, because see, your faith works by love. And one of the things the devil will challenge you on the most is your love for God and your love for other people, because all the law and the prophets hang on it. It is not, so do you understand the devil's tactic in the last days? What's he trying to do? He's trying to get you out of love. Come on, who's, are you married? If you're married in the room, you understand how you got to walk in love. You know, people, how how do long marriages laugh? It's because two people will walk in love together and do what God says in his word. Love, the love, the love of God is such an important thing. Let's keep going. Verse 23 says, and Jesus answered and said to him, if a man loves me, do you love the Lord? I feel like I've lost some of you. Do you love the Lord? Do you love him? Then he said, what do you tell you to do? Then you're going to keep my words. In other words, I'm not just, well, James says, be a doer of the word. Being a doer of the word is proof that you love him. Prove you love him. Do the word. Prove you love him. Walk in love. Prove you love him. Have compassion on people. Prove you love him. Have mercy on people. Prove you love him. Do what he says. Right? 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 I know you're thinking, but listen to me. Is this hard? It's not, well, I don't know. It could be. But if the Lord is saying to you, like if you're married and your spouse says, this is what I need from you. Um, When you give me gifts, I appreciate it. I know you picked them out, but I'd rather have a few kind words. So can I give someone, I'm talking about myself again. Can I give someone a few kind words? Yes. Is it, is, it, is it within the scope of possibility that I could give some kind words? Yes, I can do that. Why? Because I love her. And then she's going to find out on this particular day what I need. And she's going to do her level best with the help of the Holy Ghost to get it to me. And then sometimes with people, you don't know what they need. So you ask the Lord, what do they need for them to realize that I love them? And then with God, he's just going to lay it out to you. Love me with all your heart. I don't want no fake stuff. I just want no lip service from you. I just don't want your behind in a seat. I want you to love me because I first loved you. I want a reciprocation. I want, you to, I want to be daddy to you. I want to be God. I'm God to you, but I want to be your father. 
And, and that's a family thing. And with family, I, I need, I'm giving you agape. I need some agape back. I, I want that, and that love is in you. It's, well, it's not my personality to act. No, no, this has nothing to do with your personality. This is you obeying God. This is you doing the word of God. All right, hallelujah. Are we good? It says in verse 23, he said, again, Jesus answered, keep my word and my father will love him. Oh, let's do it again. Jesus answered, said to him, verse 23, if a man loves me, everybody say, I love the Lord. Keeps my word. Are you a keeper of the word? And my father will love him. And we will come unto him. First he's going to manifest to you. And then he said, I'm going to live. Well, God lives in me. But, but this, when you love him, he really lives big in you. Because why? God is love. And when you love him back with that agape by doing the word, then not only does he manifest, but this is more important, then that love that God is, is manifest. It's in you. you. You know it. You sense it. Listen to me. People live so much in fear right now. What does that tell me? They don't know the love of God. Because see, anytime you're in fear, the love of God has not been perfected in you, says 1 John. This is not in my sermon, but it's here right now, and I need to tell you. See, when you see someone in fear, you just saying, well, get over it. You shouldn't stop it. Come on, confess after me. I'm not afraid in Jesus' name. That's not really helping them. What do you need to do? You need to show them how much God loves them. Because the Bible says in 1 John that perfect love cast out. All fear. I love one of the modern translations. It says, it's like a screen door. It opens the screen door and kicks it out. Hallelujah. So see, fear is no revelation of the love of God. Because when someone's in fear, because see, when you know God's love you, <laughs> can I talk right? Yeah, when you know God loves you, God's got you. No, no, really. When you know he loves you and you love him and you know that if you're in the secret place, he's got you. He sent his angels to guard you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No, when, he, when, when, he, when you know how much he loves you, it, it, you, won't, you won't be afraid. When you know how much he loves you, you won't be afraid of dying. Now, we're not getting any loads up today, but you won't be afraid of it because you know when you breathe your last here, you're going to be present with the Lord. You're not afraid. Death, where's your sting? Because he loves you. And you're learning that love together. I mean, 1 John 2.5, 1 John 2.5, just so you see Jesus said it, but then John said it, 1 John Two, five, who keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. So if you're a keeper of the word, the love of God, which is the greatest of these, is matured in you. And when it's matured in you, you won't be in fear. First John 5 and 3. First John 5 and 3. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So in other words, it's not religiously hard, but if I, if I keep the commandments of God, the, um, that, is, that is me showing him that I love him. 2 John 1, 6. 2 John 1, 6. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. And right above it in verse 5, it talks about what that commandment is. So let's look at 2 John 1, 5. 2 John 1, 5 and run into it. 
Second John 1, 5. Not going to spend much time on the second part of this today. Second John uh, uh, 1, 5 says, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto you, but that which you have had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is the love. So again, Second John uh, verse chapter 1, ver- the only chapter of 1, 5. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new commandment unto you, but that which you have had from the beginning. That we, In other words, this is not new. Love has always been there, that you love one another. Everybody say love one another. The law and the prophets, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Other law, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Get over it. Everybody's your neighbor. Your neighbor is somebody you agree with or somebody you disagree with. They're your neighbor. How are you supposed to love them? Love them as you love yourself. Well, it's pretty bad if you don't love yourself. But love them like you'd want to be loved. Like the, love them like God loves you. Love them like God loves you. Stop a whole bunch of nonsense. Come on, be the body of Christ. Be the body of Christ. Love one another. You know what? I'll just throw this in because it's been stirring me all day. Really, if I, if I love someone and someone says something offensive to me, if I really love them, I can correct them. Especially if I have a relationship with them. If they say something offensive, don't just get mad and walk away. Say, they shouldn't have said that. If you really love somebody, tell them why it irritated you. Tell them what they're saying that's offensive. Don't just let them keep going because the next person might punch them in the nose. If you really love somebody, help them. Don't just walk away from them. Because God will correct you, won't he? If you love somebody, you'll tell them the truth. Help them. Don't just leave them. Don't leave them to make somebody else mad. They post something stupid. I know how it works, but I think you can privately tell them, hey, can I talk to you? Don't, and don't do it through um, text or what. Call them on the phone. Let them hear your voice. Meet with them. It's better than you think. Hallelujah. Y'all good? I know this is love, meat. This is love uh, uh, filet mignon today. But you know, you and I start doing this, I know, I know you know it. But I want God to know that I love him. Now, we all got issues in our life, don't we? <laughs> Go down the row and everybody, I got, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. But if love is the greatest of these, and I can begin to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind, love my neighbor as myself, and then I can give God the love he really wants, then I believe things can begin to change because my faith will begin to work better when I'm walking in love. I won't be afraid. And see, when I'm not afraid, people, why are you not afraid? Well, let me tell you why I'm not afraid. Because I have a heavenly father that loves me and I love him. And I know he's got me. And I know things are crazy up out in here, but I I know God's got me. And I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to change my life and be in fear of this or that. I'm going to be led by the spirit and I'm going to walk in the word. And God loves me and God's got me. And I love him. And they'll be like, what? I love God. We say, well, you know. So you can help them out. I'll open a conversation. So let's do this. Revelations chapter 2. I'll just keep you a few more minutes and let you go. This one always sticks with me because one time I was praying 
And the Lord spoke to me a number of years ago while we were in the A-frame about me, about our church. Um, I have great respect for the church of Ephesus. If I had to pick a favorite book in the Bible, it would be Ephesians. I believe it's the meatiest book in the Bible. I love the book of Ephesians. I've had many Bibles, and if you look, most of them are worn out at Ephesians. Um, I, I, I love the book of Ephesians. And I, in, in the Revelation, you see the seven churches. The church of Ephesus, where Timothy was the pastor, um, was one of the strongest churches in the early church. And so I have great, they were doctrinal. They had the move of the spirit. They, um, they knew what was true. They knew what was false. But I, you know, and I always kind of bridged over it because I didn't think it included me uh, or us. Uh, so let's look at Revelations 2.5. It says, remember, uh, verse 4, Revelations 2.4. Nevertheless, because remember, he's told them everything they're doing right. And there's so many things they're doing right. Nevertheless. I have somewhat against you because you've lost or left your first love. In other words, now you're beginning to do things religiously. You're doing all the right things outwardly, but it's getting a little religious. You've learned what to do. You know what to do, and you're you're doing it, and I appreciate that. But you see, To God, all that's fine. But the only thing he ever really wanted was a family. He created angels, yet they weren't like him. He created Adam and Eve so he could have fellowship on his level. He said we create them in our likeness and in our image. He wanted them to freely do it. He, 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 did, he, he created them with a will. He wanted their love. And they messed up. But then his only begotten son came back to earth so he could reconnect with humanity. And he has proven. You know that song we sing, his history can prove. His history proves he loves mankind. He created us. And church is great. And I'm glad you're saved. And how many know it's good to get to go to heaven because of the love of God? But while we're here on the earth, preparing for eternity, the highest thing God wants from you, the highest thing He wants from me is love. And I can give Him what He wants by doing His word by loving my neighbor as myself. So when he says to this strong church, there's just one thing I need you to fix. I need you to fix it. He said, you've lost your first love. What does that mean, you've lost your first love? You've lost your fervency. You've lost your heart for me. You've lost your desire to read my word. You're just now doing it out of religion, out of teaching. Um, you, you, you've, uh, you're, not, you're not coming. When, it, when it's time to worship, you're singing a song. You're not, you're not touching his heart. You know, any song we sing around here, you ought to be able to touch the heart of God with it. Even if you don't like it, sing your own song. Nobody will know. 
you're not fellowshipping with me. I'll even say this one. Uh, you're not gathering with my other children. You're not serving me. You're not, you're not doing what I've asked you to do. You're, 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 not, you're not ministering to other people. You're not restoring people. You see, when, when you get separated from the love of God, it really becomes all about you. And see, God's never made it all about him. He's always made it all about us. But anybody who makes it all about us, then we're supposed to turn around and make it all about him. That's real love. It's not all about you. Even in our circles, I watch this and it makes me concerned sometimes when people start to get a hold of all the blessings of God and all the promises of God and it becomes, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. Yes, because God made it about you. But then you're supposed to turn around and make it all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. Only him. Only him. Only him. And when we start acting that way, then he comes to manifest himself. He comes to live in us. You know, I don't have a lot of time. Well, I don't have any more time, but I haven't taken time. Listen to me. One of the greatest displays of the love of God. You remember Jesus was raised from the dead. Peter had made a mess. He denied Jesus three times. You remember that? And so Jesus in his resurrected body, now he's all God again. He's not, he's not man anymore. He's all God. And all God comes to sit and eat. That's pretty cool, number one. As God, he's eating some fish. Hallelujah. And then he's still playful. Y'all catch anything? Because remember, Peter said, I go a fishing. In other words, I'm going to leave this ministry thing. I'm going back to what I know. Because he's denied Jesus three times. He's messed up. Remember he said, if all these forsake you. I'll never, and then and Jesus warned him. And he could have repented, but he didn't because he was full of himself. Any of it? Never mind. We've all been there. I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to do better tomorrow. Bless God. I promise, Lord, I'm going to do better tomorrow. I'm not going to do that again. I promise. See, you try to do things in your own strength, you can't do them. And I love what Jesus did. And if you, most of you have heard me teach this, but if you're new, you've really got to get this because if you've never heard this before, it'll set you free. The love of God is not complicated. And God will start you, the Father will start you where you're at. After Peter's big mess up, Jesus comes as God and begins to restore. Everybody say restore. And what does he restore him with? Love. Because remember Jesus said this, and, and it's in, um, it's in um, uh, John's Gospel, chapter 21. We're not going to read it. Uh, verses 15 through 17, just real quick. But remember Jesus comes to him, and he says, Simon Peter, do you agape me? And Peter answers back. He said, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Y'all know what phileo is. Philadelphia, what is that? Brotherly love. Agape's up here. Brotherly love is down here. It's a, more of a human love. Can't have a God aspect to it. And then he told him, what? Feed my sheep. Gave him his assignment anyway, even though he didn't give the right answer. <laughs> gave him his assignment anyway. Because God had faith that Peter 
would get it. See, the love of God is not complicated. And God is willing to come where you are. Jesus asked him a second time. One for every time that he denied him. Jesus said, Peter, do you agape me? Peter, a little frustrated, said, Lord, you know. You know where I'm at? You know where I'm at? You know where I'm at. You know that I phileo you. And he's trying to give him the best. But he's not going to lie to to God. Because he said, you know where I'm at. Listen to me. As long as you know where you're at, the Lord, if you don't lie about it, the Lord will help you where you're at. But this church pretend thing, it's got to go. This pretend thing of being all holy and righteous on Sunday and then doing whatever you want to do the rest of the week has got to go. Be real. Then what did Jesus do the second time? He gave him his assignment anyway. (laughs) It's so good. He, He believes in us. He knows we're going to get there. And then Jesus did what? Then God did what? Because he's, he's resurrected. He's all God. What then God did what? Peter, do you phileo me? He came down to his level. Now see, if you just read that of a translation, it's love, love, love. But it's totally different. Love is the greatest of these. Agape is the greatest of these. But even with other people, Meet them where they're at and then bring them. How many of you know Peter got there? How do I know that he got there? Because on the day of Pentecost, he was up preaching. Peter, two books in the Bible. He made it. And he didn't make it without, he got to agape. He got there. But the Lord was willing. I don't know where you're at, but this is even, I want you to grab a hold of this because I want you to meet people where they are. And in this season, I want you to give them Jesus. I want you to give them agape. I want you to love on them like the Father has loved on you. I want you to forgive them like the Father has forgiven you. I, I, I want you to love them just like God himself. And he is because he's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. He can love through you. Restoration is on the way, people. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.